your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. It is Friday morning. We are 24 hours away from the Seahawk game, and I am pumped as heck. I'm wearing my Ricky Stanzi jersey. I got the Iowa hat. I am ready to roll. What are you doing? I'm excited to hear about it. Let's go. It is Friday morning, and this Iowa Hawkeyes episode is brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, we are here Monday through Friday on podcast and on YouTube, all for free every single Monday through Friday. And this is a reminder that on Monday's episode, we are going to be joined by former Iowa running back LaShawn Daniels, helping us break down this Iowa Hawkeye game, the Cyhawk rivalry. It is going to be an exciting day, and I cannot wait to watch it. And also, as a reminder, it is not too late to listen to the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 for previews of every team and every division from our local experts and Odyssey's NFL experts. Search Ultimate Season Preview 2021 today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast app. And on today's show, we are going to be breaking down what to expect in this Iowa-Iowa State game. We're going to be going into storylines. We're going to be talking about keys to the game, and we're going to be talking about a few interesting facts that we should know about before getting into our prediction for the game today, and I am very excited about that. So let's hop into it right now. First off, this Iowa State team is very good. If you are not aware of that, you need to be. This is not a normal Cyhawk rivalry. Yes, I know Iowa State didn't beat a lot of good teams last year. Yes, I know they fell to University of Louisiana Lafayette last year early in the season, and I know they didn't beat a very good Oregon team and a New Year's Six Bowl. I know some Cyclone fans can be kind of annoying about that. However, we are here, and the Cyclone team is good. They return almost every single starter. Their running attack is phenomenal. They have one of the best offensive lines in the nation. They have one of the best secondaries in the nation. And if you don't believe that Matt Campbell is one of the best coaches in the nation, you've been living under a rock. Because what he's done for the Iowa State Cyclones has been nothing short of impressive. And it's made the in-state recruiting battle significantly tougher. It's made this game even tougher. Before, it was simply a fact of Iowa State played like they had nothing else to lose. This game mattered a ton to both teams, to be fair. But Iowa State wasn't really going for a undefeated season. They weren't going for a 10-win season. They had no chance of winning a big 12 title. Now, it means even more. They have the ability to beat Iowa. They have the ability to give Iowa their first loss. And this win means a lot for Iowa State from a national title perspective they have national title aspirations and they want to beat us because they haven't beaten us since Matt Campbell has been there this is a big time game let's get into the storylines though first and foremost how are they going to handle the heat both teams this game typically is in the 60s 70s it is going to be in the 90s tomorrow that is tough regardless of who you're playing to deal with that heat to deal with the potential outcomes of that heat dehydration cramps that's going to be tough for the trainers to be able to handle that regardless of either team. So be on the lookout for that. That could play a factor late in the game. We could see Iowa's rotation of players actually come in, um, be a lot more advantageous than typically because Iowa likes to play between five, you know, five and eight to nine offensive linemen. They like to play between six and eight to nine defensive linemen. They have so much depth at the secondary position. They have some depth at the linebacker position. I would argue they have depth, honestly, across the board. At running back, wide receiver, we know some of these guys can make plays behind them. So that is going to be advantageous for Iowa over Iowa State because of the heat. Because we are going to have to see players probably come in because starters cannot go the entire time. It is going to be that hot 
out there when Iowa plays Iowa State. It'll be also interesting to see what defense does Iowa stick in. And that is really going to be primarily based off what offense Iowa State comes out with. Iowa State traditionally has liked to spread the ball around. They like to run a spread attack. They've gotten a little bit more power-based. They like to have two tight ends in there. They have several very good tight ends. And we heard from Seth Wallace that he feels like Iowa is going to be running a 4-3 defense more than likely. That's tough because you sit one of your best defenders in Dane Belton, the guy who draft experts have actually talked about being an NFL draft pick this upcoming draft cycle. That's a huge deal. Now you're going to be looking at potentially playing with Justin Jacobs as that 4-3 strong side linebacker, otherwise known as the Leo. What will Justin Jacobs be able to do that Dane Belton doesn't? Well, Justin Jacobs has a bit more size. He can play the run game a bit more. And if they're playing those two tight ends, you have to factor in that he's going to be able to play the run a bit more while also being able to cover those tight ends is what you're hoping to have happen. Dane Belton is typically going to be in there when you're running three wide because you expect him to be able to play that run and play up close to the line of scrimmage while also having the coverage ability of sticking with the wide receiver. So Justin Jacobs more than likely can get more playing time. Justin Jacobs, if you don't know who that name is, I'll give you a brief background. A former four-star recruit out of Ohio, a guy who Ohio State really wanted, an athletic linebacker who's been waiting his time, has done really well in camps, and he is a guy who could explode on the scene. This is going to be a big game for him. That's one of the storylines I'm watching as well. Speaking of tight ends, will Charlie Kohler play? He went through warmups against Northern Iowa. He has a lower leg injury, and he's expected to play, but will he play? How long can he play? That is a huge opportunity for Iowa State if he does play and a huge advantage for Iowa if he doesn't play. Now, we've all heard the talk, Iowa State fans thinking that they are tight end you because they have some good tight ends. They do have some good tight ends. Outside of Charlie Kohler, they have several very good tight ends, but Charlie Kohler is that number one tight end. He is the guy. He is an All-American when healthy. If he's able to play and if he is healthy, that is a guy to watch out for. Brock Purdy loves to go to Charlie Kohler. And then can our wide receivers get going against another strong secondary? We heard a lot of concerns across Twitter. I heard a lot of concerns in separate you know, chat groups and all that stuff that the wide receivers couldn't get it done against Indiana. What we were not taking into account or what people were not taking into account, Indiana's secondary is one of the best in the nation. And Indiana was getting a significant amount of pressure against Iowa. And then finally, Iowa did not need to open up the playbook a ton because they were up 14-0 within two minutes. They didn't need to do that. I think they're going to need to do that a bit more against Iowa State. Iowa State is not going to play the way Indiana did. Michael Penix Jr. did not look comfortable in the pocket. Iowa was getting pressure on him. I think Iowa State is going to put more pressure on Iowa to open up the offense, and I expect them to continue to open up that offense. But can those wide receivers get going against a very strong secondary? One of the best secondaries in the nation. Pick 6 previews calls Iowa State secondary one of the top 10. So can they get that going? That will be huge. Um, I don't think last week was any indication that Spencer Petrus cannot beat the quarterback. I think what's happening is we are so upset about Spencer Petrus from last year that anything goes wrong is immediately blamed on him. The wide receivers did struggle. They weren't getting open. When they did get open, there were a couple drops. Even a couple drops I don't think were recorded. So that'll be a big storyline that I'm watching in this game. Coming up on segment two, I want to talk about the keys to the game. What are the keys to winning this game? And no, it's not just putting more points on the board, as John Madden would like to say. There's actual keys to this game. So we're going to talk about all that here in a few moments. I do want to tell you about Built Bar, though. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market today. It is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They come in nine delicious flavors, but they also have so many limited-time offerings you have to get your hands on. My personal favorite 
is the white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles. If you see that on their site, you got to get it because it is truly delicious. The best part about these built Bars, though, is not their taste. It is actually their health benefits. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And then I would tell you that Built Bar is actually the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Pretty cool stuff. If they can eat it, you can do. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get a 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And that is a reminder, actually, it's not the first order. It is any order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. All right, y'all, segment two, I wanted to get into it. Let's talk about the keys to the game. How does Iowa win this game? It starts and it stops with stopping the run. Brees Hall has had a significant amount of success running up the middle and to the right and then running around the right end. That means our edges are going to need to set some, you know, set the edge there. Our defensive ends are going to need to set the edge there. Zach Van Balkenberg is going to need to set the edge there. And we're going to need Noah Shannon, Wyatt Black, the guys in the middle to be able to handle that. A lot of running to the right. Against Northern Iowa, Brees Hall was a bit banged up. He averaged three yards per carry on 23 attempts for 69 yards. This Iowa State offense goes as Brees Hall goes, as this offensive line goes. That offensive line was not as good against Northern Iowa, but I think it's also worth noting that Northern Iowa or Iowa State left several opportunities on the table against Northern Iowa as well. So stopping the run is huge. That is how Iowa State did so well last year. They were running the ball with Brees Hall. Iowa needs to stop him to win this game. If they can't stop him, they are going to have a long day, especially in that heat. That defensive line is only going to get more and more tired, which opens up the offense later on in the game. We cannot allow explosive plays. The last time, if you remember, Iowa played Iowa State. Iowa State had two explosive plays. Now, granted, we were having some issues with our secondary. Jack Kerner, in his first start, a couple of guys were out that game from our secondary. That is not the case. We are coming back healthy as ever in our secondary with several guys behind those guys, like you know Terry Roberts, Xavier Williams. These are guys that can play, play right away, and be big-time contributors, but we are not in that same position that we were last time where we allowed two explosive plays to Iowa State. Iowa State likes to dink and dunk. This bodes well for Iowa's bend but don't break, but again, these last two times, Iowa State would dink, they would dunk, they dinked, and they dunked, they dinked, and they dunk, and they chuck one over the top, and it hurt Iowa big time. That's what kept Iowa State in the game. Iowa's bend-about-don't-break defense can hold and contain Iowa, but they cannot allow that explosive play. They cannot fall victim to that. When I looked at the advanced analytics of where Brock Purdy is on the ball, a couple things really stood out to me that I wanted to make sure I shared with you. Brock Purdy, within the line of scrimmage, completes 94% of his passes. Within 10 yards, he completes 80%. 10 to 20, 52%. Between 20 or 20 more, 20 plus yards, 32%. This was from last year. The throws behind the line of scrimmage, 16% of his throws. The throws within 10 yards, 46%. That means I'm doing the math here on the fly. 62% of his throws are within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. You go a little further, 87% of their throws are within 20 yards. Now, that's, that's not overly dip, you know, different than other teams, but it goes to show you that they don't like to go deep that often. And when they do, they primarily target the left and the right edge of the boundaries. Iowa does a great job of not allowing these kind of plays. Iowa State doesn't like to do it. 
but you better believe they might try to attempt that against Iowa just like they did the last time. They're going to try to lull Iowa into that dink and dunk, and they're going to go deep and get an explosive play and get that momentum going at Jack Tri Stadium. I think they're also going to try to target, or we are we should also target their linebackers in coverage. Mike Rose and Jake Hummel are good linebackers, but they are not as good in coverage as you would expect. They're good at stopping the run. And with Iowa State's defense, their linebackers are not expected to be in coverage that often. Running a 3-3-5, you have those guys primarily up there to stop the run and to get tackles. And they get a lot of notoriety for getting all those tackles. But coverage-wise, they are not the strongest coverage linebackers we are going to see in the Big Ten play or in any of our play throughout the season. Our tight ends are going to have a big day, I think, especially given the fact that Iowa State secondary is so strong. Sam Laporta and Luke Lachey, expect to hear their name a bunch in this game, in my opinion. That's how Iowa's going to win. They're going to need to attack the middle with those linebackers or with those tight ends against those linebackers and get chunk plays out of time. Sam Laporta was the big target this past game. I expect him to be a big target this game. Now, we talked about the storylines. Can Iowa's wide receivers get going? I think it starts with attacking the middle with Iowa's tight ends, opening it up, getting the wide receivers open, and then attacking those later on in the game. And again, it all starts back to the running game. Iowa predicates itself on running the ball well, which goes to Tyler Goodson. But I think the biggest thing is attacking those linebackers who are not as good in coverage. And then getting interior pressure. Colin Newell is a fantastic center for Iowa State, but he is arguably one of the worst linemen in terms of pass blocking. He allowed 23 pressures last year which is five more than the next closest person on their team. That's more than two a game. Iowa State has a great ability, or Iowa has a great opportunity here to attack the middle, put pressure on Brock Purdy. But when they do, he is going to scramble, and they're going to need to have edge containment. So, again, getting interior pressure, getting up the middle, putting pressure on Brock Purdy, to me, that is going to be one of the big keys to the game. I listed out a lot of keys there. Stop the run. Don't allow explosive plays. Attack the, attack the interior pressure part, and target their linebackers with our tight ends. To me, those are the four keys to this game. Now, obviously, everything else is there too, right? We don't want to turn the ball over. We want Spencer Peters to play a good game, but those to me are the really biggest pieces. Stopping the run puts our defense in a great opportunity to get Iowa State in long downs. They don't like to throw deep. They, don't, they just like to dink and dunk. Stop that Iowa's offense and get on the field. We want to keep Iowa State's offense on the field as long as possible, especially given this heat. That, to me, is going to be really, really interesting. Coming up on segment three, we're going to get into a few other little tidbits before getting into our predictions for the game. That is all coming up here in a few short seconds. I do want to tell you about stat here, though. Do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is that honestly that surprising? I've been there before. It's a little bit tough. The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You honestly don't stand a chance. Now I want to tell you about Stat Hero. It is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winnings within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineup and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house and a head-to-head -head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. So go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you get three times back on your first play. They're giving away a 300% match. That is unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. That is stathero.com slash locked on. 
All right, y'all, we are back for our third and our final segment of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. This is going to be a little bit shorter of an episode, as you might have been able to tell, because you might have heard my voice crack a couple of times. I'm losing my voice again. I lost my voice this week. I've been trying to keep going, but all this talking is hurting it. But I want to get into a few other little interesting tidbits. Now, we mentioned getting that interior pressure. What I thought was interesting about Brock Purdy and his dropbacks is actually last year, he was sacked. 10 out of 14 times when not blitzed. He can get the ball out very quick. He likes to get the ball out very quick. Against Iowa two years ago, they neutralized A.J. Peneza by getting the ball out very quick and getting it away from him. I expect them to try to do the same to Zach and Valkenberg. They do not want to get these guys an opportunity to get to Brock Purdy. The 10 out of 14 times when not blitz is interesting to me. To me, that's basically saying Brock Purdy is either holding the ball or Iowa State does a fantastic job of picking up the blitz. Could be both. Iowa State's offensive line is very strong. I think what we're going to see is Iowa play a little bit conservative from a blitzing perspective early on. You've seen Phil Parker dial the blitz here and there. I expect that to tune up a little bit in that third and fourth quarter, but playing it a bit conservative defensively, again, relying on that Bembedon break, allowing Iowa State to move the ball pretty easily between the 20s and stopping them within that 20 to the goal line. That's what I'm expecting here. Again, we talked about Iowa State. They return most of their starters. You know who they don't return? Their best pass rusher last year. Jaquan Bailey led the team in pressures. He is, without a doubt, their best pass rusher from last year. He does not return. And some guys to watch for Iowa State, Will McDonald. I talked about your best pass rusher. I talked about Will McDonald as the second best pass rusher. Last year, nine sacks and 35 total pressures. That's pretty freaking solid. Also, Greg Eisworth, a guy to watch out for as well. He plays that Dayton Belton role. He, they call it the star role. He actually is graded out not as a very good defender, but very well-renowned for what he has done in this Iowa State defense and allowing them to transition to that 3-3-5, which is a defense that is very different, very unique for Spencer Petras. Where is that pressure coming from? We've talked about this before, 3-4 defenses. One of the difficulties of that is you don't know where the pressure is coming from. Spencer Petras will need to be on his A game to be able to handle that pressure and know where it's coming from. And this offensive line, which did struggle at times in pass blocking, especially with how many blitzes Indiana threw at them, they will need to be on their toes. And I expect that to be a very big battle to watch. Um, not to even go past the Greg Iver thing, but just the fact that 3-3-5 defense is going to be so unique. That'll be really interesting to me. Kirk mentioned that this could be a very high-scoring game. We've seen it be a high-scoring game in the past. I would honestly be a bit shocked by that. Now, I could be totally wrong here, but Iowa's defense is elite again. It's been elite. Iowa State's defense, also pretty darn good. Iowa's offense is working through some things. Iowa State's offense, dealing with some injuries, some people who are banged up. I think this could be a defensive matchup. This line here, Iowa was getting four and a half points. Four and a half points. It actually got up to five and a half at one point. I tried grabbing that line, but I couldn't. I think you can kind of tell where I'm going with this. But Iowa was getting four and a half points. Typically. What you see is in these games, the home team automatically gets three points. So essentially they're saying on a neutral field, Iowa State would be getting one and a half points. Why that's important, again, they think Iowa State can win this game. They're giving the advantage to Jack Trice, to the fact that Iowa State is there. There are going to be a lot of Iowa fans there, though. Believe me, if you have the money to, I bet you're going to probably be there. I wish I could be there. I'm unfortunately obviously not going to be there. But... That would be a ton of fun. But that's the line right now. I'm actually looking it up. Let me give me a second. There's four and a half. It is still at four and a half. And the over-under is at 46 and a half. All again, all at betonline.ag. 
Kirk said he thinks this could be a high-scoring game. I do not think it's going to get past that 46-and-a-half. I think it's going to be something like 20-17, to 17, and I'm going with Iowa. I put money on Iowa as soon as I saw the line. I hopped on it. When I saw it at 5-and-a-half, I tried to get it. It dropped back down. Obviously, a lot of money coming in on Iowa State initially. At plus 168, you can get Iowa money line. I also have Iowa money line as well. I do think they win by three or four points. Again, I think this is going to be a close game. Special teams is something that where these other two, you know, offense and defense, Iowa and Iowa State are relatively equal. Special teams where Iowa stands out. They have an All-American punter. I believe they have an All-American kicker. I also believe they have an All-American punt returner and kick returner in Charlie Jones. And it sounds like he's healthy. That is a huge advantage over Iowa State, and we've seen that work in Iowa's favor against Iowa State. That's going to allow Iowa to get some good field position. That's going to allow Iowa to put Iowa State in bad field position. And I think Iowa comes away with a 20-17 to 17 victory in this game. That is my prediction for this game. If you're a betting person like me, I'm taking Iowa with the points. I'm taking Iowa money line, and I'm taking the under in that game at 46.5. I think it's going to be between 30 and 37 points. That's how low scoring I expect it to be, especially with such a hot day. I also would think the first half, probably take the under in that first half and see what it looks like in the second half. See how the heat's you know, hurting these teams because that second half could be a little bit higher scoring. The first half, 22.5 is the points. I think it's going to be lower than that. The second half is 21.5. It could be higher than that. That's where I'll probably be looking at as well, getting in during the game. That's my thoughts on the game, though. That's my prediction. Iowa, 20 to 17 win over Iowa State. Let me know your thoughts in the comments if you're on YouTube. Let me know your thoughts with a five-star review on your podcast review. Or just shoot me a twit, tweet, not a twit. Shoot me a tweet. Shoot me a message on Facebook. Let me know your thoughts. I would love to hear that. And obviously looking forward to chatting with you all during the game. Always appreciate your interactions. And this is a reminder that on Monday, win or lose, we'll be back with LaShawn Daniels talking about this game. Also, as we mentioned a lot about betting, Betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast app. And as always, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I appreciate you tuning in. Have a fantastic Friday and even better weekend. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.